0: Daniel Pearson from some town up in Ohio. Come on, brother. He'll introduce his family, and he's going to preach to us tonight. He's in Cincinnati going to inner city Cincinnati. He told me he had three more weeks on deputation, and the Lord has blessed him. Bless you, brother. Thank you. Good
1: evening. Good evening. Now, sleep while you. (laughs) Um, It's good to be with you all this evening. Um, I'll introduce my family my wife, Tiara, uh, my oldest daughter, Soraya, um, my second youngest daughter, Sydney, um, my oldest son, Daniel, and my middle boy, David. Would you raise your hand, David? No? (laughs) And then uh, my youngest son, Darius, which is in the nursery, I guess. Okay. Um, So he's not going to try to out-preach me tonight because he knows how to yell. Um, It's good to be with you all this evening. Me and my daughters are going to sing a special, but I told them if we just do it tomorrow morning, if that's fine. Um, So tonight... um, First, Brother Daniel, you really encouraged me um, greatly with your testimony, you and your wife. Uh, Very encouraging tonight. Um, It's not easy to do God's will, but it is worth it. Um, This evening, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 this evening, um, we're going to look at verse 19. Sometimes in ministry you get bogged down. Um, even on deputation at times. You're on deputation you're sharing your burden but then sometimes it feels far from you. Sometimes you lose your motivation um, your why to it and it, you don't always feel the desire to fulfill the great commission like you should. Um, and This sermon touched my heart just thinking about that, um, that God gave me a couple years ago. And I want to share with you this evening. Um, Hell is the reason why. Hell is the reason why. It's the title of our message this evening. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Um, Luke 16, verse 19 to verse 31. Um, The Bible, the word of God says... There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died it was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a gulf, a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this flame, into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Lord, thank you for your provisions to get us here safely. Your providence, Lord, your protection. Thank you for the hospitality of this wonderful church to have us out um, to hear our burden. not just our burden, but many other missionaries' burdens, Lord. And, and Lord, I, I pray for each and every last missionary that's here. Lord, it, it has to be heart tugging, heartbreaking at times, to have to come out of where uh, uh, the heart desires to be. And Lord, I pray that you give comfort, give peace. Lord, give strength. Lord, thank you for missionaries. Thank you, Lord, for them. They encourage me. They bless me, and I just thank you for it. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you will speak to us now in this hour. Lord, we don't come here to hear man's opinion. Uh, We don't come here to hear what's going on in current events. Lord, we come to get a word from heaven. Lord, we want to hear your voice this evening. Speak, Father God. Speak through your word, Lord Jesus. Speak, Holy Spirit. Move upon us this evening. We know you're here. You're everywhere. You're omnipresent. But Lord, make yourself... Greater known to our hearts and our minds this evening. Give us eyes to see your words. Give us ears to hear your words. Give us hearts to receive your words. And Lord, give me a tongue to speak your words. Bless us this evening. Give us liberty. There's someone here lost, Lord, on their way to a devil's hell. I pray this evening will be the night they come to repentance and trust in your son. Do what no preacher can ever do, and that save us all. We love you, we thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The title of our message once again is, Hell is the Reason Why. Oh, God has commissioned us, given us the great commission to fulfill his will, to preach his gospel um, to nations, to all nations. And... One of the motivations, one of the reasons why we must fulfill our great commission that God has given to us is because hell is real. And it is really, really long. It is real. I I know at times, I know the world does not believe in hell. But sadly, by the way we do not do what God has commanded us and commissioned us to do, it looks like we don't believe hell is real because if we really believed hell was real, we would do what God has commissioned us to do and that's to fulfill his great commission. So I just want to give two things about hell and then we'll jump into our text. One first thing I want to say about hell this evening is hell is never full. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 20 says, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Um, Matthew seven thirteen, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Isaiah 5, 14 says, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. You know what hell wants tonight? More souls. You know what hell would never say? Don't give me any more. Hell would never hang on the outside of its door. There is no vacancy. There is always vacancy in hell, it is never full, it desires more souls. Hell is never full. Second thing I want to say about hell, straight out the gate is hell belongs to God. Hell is no abstract idea uh, uh, for bad people. No, it belongs to God. God is the inventor and it is God's justice being fulfilled. Uh, Hell and destruction. Proverbs fifteen eleven says, "Hell and destruction are before the Lord." Um, the psalmist said in Psalm one thirty nine verse eight, "If I ascend it up into heaven, Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, Thou art there." Luke twelve five, Jesus said these words, "But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he have killed." Have the power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Hell is not the devil's um, torture ground. It's not what cartoons paint, him, paint hell to be. Like Hell's Satan's down there ruling and reigning and poking people with a fork. No, he's being tormented. He will be tormented just as much as the lost sinner will be tormented in that place. By God's fury and by God's wrath. Yes, right. uh, say, hell belongs to God. Um, Job paints the picture this way Job 21, verse 17. How oft is the candle of the wicked put out? And how oft cometh their destruction upon them? God distributeth sorrows in his anger. People often slander God for putting humans in such a place as hell. And silly Christians try to defend God. God doesn't need any defending. And I will never do something so sinful tonight as to defend God on why he put sinners in hell. It's his business. Justice must be paid. The wages of sin is death. Hell is God's justice. And hell is the wages sinners will pay if they do not put their trust in Christ, right, right. hell is God's. Uh, b- b- Psalm 94 verse 1 says, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Nahum 1, 2 says, God is jealous and the Lord revenges The Lord revenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. And he reserves wrath for his enemies. I tell you tonight, if you have not trusted Christ, you are God's enemy. And he will have justice with you. If you have not trusted Christ tonight, you are under God's vengeance. And it will pour out on you the day you die. Let's lead to our first point this evening. Look at our text, Luke 16, verse 19 to 23. We'll read those words. The point here is hell changes everything. Mm -hmm. Verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He lived a good life, as they would say. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And designed to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died. It was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. It was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth. Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Death comes so sudden. That means death comes quickly in a moment. It can happen right now as I snap my finger. That's how quick death comes upon a human. And you know what death will never do? It will never say, Are you ready? It will never say, Is this a good time? It will never say, uh, um, okay, I see you busy right now. I'll come back tomorrow. No, when death comes, it comes. It will come quickly and suddenly. You will not always don't believe the folk tales of saying, thinking that I will one day come to Jesus on my deathbed. You may never get to that bed. cause this happens every day. Thousands die every day. And it's not always in a hospital room. Death comes suddenly. It changes everything here. Uh, let me read this scripture, Proverbs 29, verse 1. He that being often reproved, heartening his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. If you're heartening your neck towards the gospel, if you're saying, no, I will not trust Christ, I will not trust Christ, I tell you, death will come upon you suddenly, and fury will pour out on you. And you will have no remedy. There's no purgatory. Don't believe the Catholic lie. There's no one that's gonna pay your penance to get you out of there. There's no remedy, no medicine, no booster shots. There's nothing to get you out of hell. And it comes quickly, it changes everything. We see the rich man, he's rich. He's living a good life. You see, he was buried. The poor man, they probably just tossed him into the uh, fireplace, the trash pit. We don't know what happened to his body, but we know what happened to his soul. But the rich man, he had a good funeral. They say he was buried. I I can imagine if if, if they had any so-called priests like we have today, someone stood at his funeral and said, he's in a better place at that burial. They probably had a massive barrier. I mean, the best tombstone, the best everything. He had it all at his funeral. Great choir, if they had a choir singing. Or back then, Jewish days, they would have the welders, the people who were paid to cry at your funeral. Like they were following Jesus crying. And Jesus said, don't weep for me. So he probably had the best weepers. Many flowers. Oh, they probably lied to comfort a family that he's in a better place. All the while, he went to hell. But the poor man who had a horrible life, you know, American Dream would say he had a bad life. He never lived the American Dream. He, he was poor. He was wretched. He was looked down upon. The rich man wouldn't even share anything with him. Oh, but he did have the pompous great funeral. But the angels met him at his death and carried him to heaven. What a change. I can't wait for that change. Uh, if I could just get that. I don't need a funeral. You hear that, kids? I don't need a funeral. Do whatever you want to do with this body. But if the angels carry me away, praise the Lord, that day when the angels carry me to glory, hallelujah, I'm going to be a happy man. Amen. I won't even look down. I'll tell you, I'm not looking down. Don't let nobody preach and t- lie to you. The day is going to be looking down on you. I'm not looking back to this ugly place called earth. Anybody in the glory of Christ is not looking back down on this sinful, wretched world. They're looking at Christ. So this man, everything changes. One man bathed in this life. The other man begged for all eternity. Give me water. Give me water. Give me water. He's still begging right now, all eternity. He's still saying the same thing, lifting up his eyes, give me some water. He's a beggar now. One man was uncomfortable in this life. The other man is uncomfortable for all eternity. One man endured poverty in this life. The other man is enduring poverty forever. This is not a story. This is not a folk tale Jesus is telling us. This is a literal man who's literally in hell right now as I speak. And you know what? People are still dying every day. And their so-called good lives are turning into the most horrible nightmares they could ever imagine. And you know what they need before they get to that change? The gospel. At least to our second point, hell is torment. Hell is torment. We need to be reacquainted with hell at times because we so often forget hell and what it is. Verse 24, 25 describes the torment. He says these words, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and are tormented. The first torment we see here is the physical torment of hell. There's no more mercy for people in hell. Why was he tormented? He tormented because he was a sinner who did not trust the God of the father, the God of Abraham. He was on fire here. His body was being tormented. His soul, no, excuse me here, his soul was being tormented. Every fiber of the sinner's soul will be on fire. Jesus says hell will make sinners gnash on their teeth. Matthew 13, 42, he paints this picture. He says, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be welling and gnashing of teeth. This is a physical torment. The rich man is still, he's begging for relief. He just wants one drop of water. You ever felt so thirsty, just want some water? I drink a lot of coffee and a lot of juice. Uh, uh, and sometimes that just doesn't quench the thirst I just want some water I need some water and it feels so good to get that water You yeah, outside playing basketball, outside running with your kids outside doing something, it's just so hot it's been so hot this last year right, 100 degrees everywhere we look hot, me and my wife was on the west coast, we were on the west coast deputizing I, I never felt any heat like out there, it-, it-, it bakes your skin you feel it just melting you Uh, you're running, you got to get inside, need some moisture. I'm just wishing for humidity, and I always hated humidity. But now I need some moisture. Uh, It feels good to get that moisture. It feels good to get that water. This rich man will never get that relief. He will never get that drop of water. His body will be tormented. His his soul will be tormented forever. And then one day God will resurrect his body after he resurrects the people who are asleep in Christ. After he takes us and we meet him in the air. And then some years later, he's gonna take the dead out of the sea. He's gonna take every way out of hell, the rich man out of hell. He's gonna resurrect their bodies and he's gonna put them in the lake of fire. And forever his body and soul will be burning in hell. It's a physical torment. Second, it's a mental torment. He remembers. Father Abraham says, remember. That means he has conscience. He has a mind. He can mentally remember his life. And Abraham is telling him, remember your, your life. You had a good life. Oh, this man's going to be tortured mentally forever. He will remember the days of his lack of love. He will remember how water used to taste. He will remember how he, he, he even probably led his brothers into a, la- a bad lifestyle. He will remember his sin. And he will remember pleasure. I, I tell you, as a Christian... You know, you think God, God doesn't remember your sins. He says he's going to block them out. But sometimes as a Christian, I I, I wish I could not remember my sins. There's times that my memories of my past, of what I did before I knew Christ, or even memories of things that I've done yesterday torment me. The ways I sinned against God. I wish I could go back and fix that moment. You ever felt like that as a Christian? You it felt like, man, I wish I didn't say that to my wife. I wish I was a little bit nicer. I wish I didn't speak like that to my children. I wish I could take it back, but I can't. Praise the Lord, we got forgiveness. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord, one day he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. I believe in that moment he's wiping away every bad memory, every bad sin from my life. Amen. There'll be joy, joy unspeakable forever. Amen. But right now, I, I deal with that. Praise the Lord, I got relief in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation Amen. to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Praise God for that. But this man will have mental torment forever. He will always remember what he did wrong. Those who do not know Christ will go into hell and they will remember every last sin they ever committed. And I tell you who's got the worst sin, who's going to have the worst torture? Those who sit under gospel preaching Sunday after Sunday. I think they got the worst. This man's got the worst, and that leads me up to my next point. This is soul torment. Soul torment. He's tormented with the fact that, recognize this, he looks up and says, Father Abraham. And Father Abraham acknowledges him as son. You know, he could sing the song, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them and I'm burning in the hell. You know what he had? He has, his faith was in, I'm a son of Abraham. Not in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. And I tell you, any person who puts their faith in, I'm a Baptist. Right. I'm an American. Right. I'm a Catholic. They will end up in the same place. The greatest material that's keeping hell hot and burning is religion. It's full of it. Hell is full of it. Jesus tells us one story about a man in hell. This man. He could have told us about a Osama bin Laden. We understand that. He could tell us about Hitler. We will get that. Right? We, we deem those type of people. No, he tells us about a man who's the son of Abraham. I think that's a warning to the religious. I think when Jesus said go to Jerusalem first, it's the priority that religion, it will put many souls in hell. Oh, child. Don't, 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 don't go to, don't listen to all these gospel messages. Oh, children, I fear for my children. I fear for kids who grew up in the church. to hear this gospel message over and over and hearten their necks and hearten their hearts and say, no, I won't trust them. No, I won't follow them. And then one day, wake up in hell with every sermon on Rewind, remembering how I could have trusted them. I could have gave my life to Christ. I know the truth. atheist won't have that torment as much as a, a, a child who sits under the shadow of the cross. You can learn. You can learn how not to go to hell. Yeah. Learn from Judas. He had the best pastor any man could ever imagine. He was in a great position in the church. Treasurer. Counting the money. Stealing the money. Uh, he, 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 He did miracles. He came back with the 70 and said, I cast out demons. Jesus would look at him and say, I never knew you. You worker of iniquity, depart from me. He had sorrow unto death. He said, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. He threw the money down. I'm sorry. But he walked out of there, didn't run to the cross. He ran to a tree. It wasn't the cross. He ran to death. Oh, I tell you, child of God, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Trust him. It's Jesus, period, not Jesus in. That's what Catholics tell you. Jesus in penance. Jesus in mass. It is no Jesus in anything. It's Jesus, period. Period. Hell is the reason why we are on mission. Even in the so-called Christian country, even in the so-called community like mine who they're filled with so-called churches, the so-called religion, we still gotta be on mission. Uh, America needs the gospel. Uh, America needs the gospel. The world needs the gospel. But let's get that in our minds. America needs the gospel. Because we forget it. We see so many churches. It's easy to feel comfortable, like people are okay when they're not. When they will wake up one day in hell, they need the gospel. That leads to my third point. Hell is permanent. Hell is permanent. Uh, Quickly here. Father Abraham looked at him in verse 26. Father Abraham speaks more. He says, and beside all this... Between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they would pass, so they that which they which would pass from hence, from where you are, to you, or from where we are to you, cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence, from your place. So no one that's in hell can come to the bosom of Abraham, and no one in the bosom of Abraham can go there. There's no way out. Hell has no exits. We're in a room with exits. Praise God, right? If something, fire, fire, we out. Right? We're running for the exit. Hell has no exit. It's utter loneliness. It's utter, you know, COVID really taught us about loneliness, right? It's like, man, I need some fellowship. All this shut down church is no good. I want to get back to people. We're made for people. God gave Adam a person. We're not made for animals. We we, we need fellowship. God made us just like him. Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Holy God family. He wants us to live in community. Many members. There, you know, people went through a lot of loneliness during COVID. People still, young people, how much suicide during the time of COVID. Loneliness drives us crazy. Hell is loneliness. And there's no way out of that loneliness. There's no lifting the restrictions. Take off the mask and go back to church. You're stuck there forever. Forever. I wish I could just shake people who are on the edge of suicide and say, no, you think you're getting out. You're not getting out. You're going deeper in than you ever could before. You ever could match it because it's permanent. Hell is permanent. This man will be permanently tormented with the memories, with the mental torment, with the physical torment, with the soul torment. There's no way out of it. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 25:41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting, everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That's a deep statement. Prepare for the devil and his angels. It wasn't a place prepared for us. But we made a choice in the garden. And that choice has put many other sinners, millions of sinners in the same place because they make the same choice. Run away from God, disobey God, and do not give their lives to Christ. Hell is permanent. It's everlasting. Fourthly, lastly this evening, hell can't help. We see this in verse 27 and 31. Hell can't help. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, nay, father Abraham. But If one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know what hell makes all sinners? Soul winners. This man is a soul winner now. Lord, let, let Lazarus go back and save my brothers. Because they are on the way to the same place. They are on the same trajectory as me. They are sinners. They are running away from God. They're doing whatever they want to do. They're living life without God. Please send Lazarus. Uh, hell, it, it, souls in hell are more soul winners than we are sometimes. They won't send us saved. But you know what they can't do? Hell can't help. And even from this 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 what Abraham is saying here, heaven, those who in Abraham's bosom can't help. But this can. That's what he's saying, Moses and the prophets. At this point, what he's saying is this part of your Bible, half of your Bible can save a soul from hell. Let's just use Moses. The first five books of the Bible can save a soul from hell. Who has this book? the church we have the we don't just have Moses and the prophets no 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 we have one greater than Moses and the prophets Jesus God said Hebrews says in these last times he has spoken by his son we have the testimony of Jesus Christ we have a greater witness than Moses and the prophets i love the moment when on the on transfiguration The Mount Transfiguration, Peter sees Abraham, Uh, no, he sees Elijah and Moses and Jesus. And he just, he's overjoyed about this moment. And he's like, let's make some temples. Let's make a temple to Jesus, Moses, and the prophets. I love the Father. The Father, he wasted no time. The Shekinah glory came over that mountain. He said, boy, shut up. (laughs) Hear ye him. Moses and the prophets. One greater than Moses and the prophets is here. Don't you put Moses and the prophets on the level of Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's what he said to Peter. Peter had to shut up. Get down. He got scared. Jesus comforted him. Like always. Learn much. You learn much Theology and doctrine from your Bible, if you just pay attention to the moments Peter opens his mouth. Because he screws it all up and Jesus comes and fixes it. We have Jesus. We have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what we have. He didn't give that testimony or that great commission to the church, to the White House, to the firehouse, to the schoolhouse. He gave that great commission to one organization or organism, and that's the church. We we got. Hell can't help. We can. Heaven can only help by what we do. Faith comes by hearing. How can they hear but by a preacher? That's us. That's us. We have the testimony. We have the only way out of hell in our hands. This is it. You know, if you had something really precious, like I got, the, oh, I got the healing for COVID, man, everybody be at your door, right? I got the way to defeat it forever. You know, we got, the, we got, the, we got what delivers souls from hell. They're not going to beat on your door. No, they're not. If they really understood what hell was, they would. But they're not. You got to rescue the perishing. Rescue means you got to go. You got to go get them. You got to go tell them. And I know, I know we, 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 we shouldn't. I, I heard it before. I hear it in my own conscience. Uh, don't try to scare people out of hell. But I tell you, Jesus, he, he scares, with his writings, he scares me out of hell. He told us, don't fear those who can kill the body. Fear. I I feel like he's scaring us. Fear him who can kill you and put yourself in hell. Put you in hell. I I think we need some fear. We need to preach that fear to the world. You know, the world likes to be scared. We got a whole month of it. You know, they they like that. They just don't want to hear the truth. But the truth is they need the fear of God. Right. The, fear of the fear of God is the beginning of all knowledge. That's right. We need to get back to fearing God ourselves and preaching to this world the fear of the Lord. Hell can't help, but we can. And we got the message. Jesus took our hell. He took my hell. I can't speak for all of you. But I know he took my hell on that cross, in that three hours, when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When he shouted that in that three, in that moment, he took my loneliness. He was abandoned by God. Why was he abandoned by God? Not because of the sin he's done, my sin. He was forsaken for my sin. Why? That I would never be forsaken in hell. He took my hell. As the sun covered, as the darkness covered the sun, in that moment, all my sin covered the Savior. And the father turned his back on his own son. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I am righteous today because of Jesus Christ. He took my sin and my hell, and I got his righteousness, his justification, and I am going to stand in glory one day because of that. That's the message we need to preach to the world. Be reconciled to Christ. Be reconciled to Christ. He died on the cross to take away the sins of the world Be reconciled to Christ. If you don't know Christ this evening, trust Him. He is a worthy Savior. He's done more for you than you could ever imagine. Ever imagine. He took your cross. He took your physical torment. He took your mental torment. He took your religious soul torment. He took it all because of you. You sinner. Took it all for you. He paid it all. And all to Jesus you owe. And I command you, I plead with you tonight if you don't know him, trust him. There's no other way out of hell. Get that in your mind. You can't work hard enough. You can't do enough. You need a savior. And that's what he is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Lord, this great motivation to fulfill your great commission. Hail. Oh, Lord. Help us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for neglecting your word. Forgive us, Lord, for neglecting your great commission. We've all done it. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Have mercy on us. Rejuvenate our hearts to your great commission. Revitalize our spirits, Lord. Let us not just go through the motions of of, of Christianity, just going through the motions, coming to church, going home, living our life, going to church, coming home, living our life. Lord, let us be a witness for you. Let us get motivated to rescue the perishing. Plead with the dying that there is a Savior that saves And Lord, that soul is here that has not come to faith in you. There's only one, only one way. You said it, Lord. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, Lord, if any man, any woman, any boy, any girl would just call on your name, Call on your name this evening. They shall be saved. They shall be saved. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
2: Page one hundred and fifty-seven. I hear my Savior's name. I
0: missions conference because hell's the reasons why that rich man didn't believe in missions he didn't believe in winning souls until he got there now he believed he didn't believe in praying he didn't believe in crying he was so cool like some of us, till he got there, and the only answer is Jesus. The only hope is one rose from the dead, because He lives, we live, also. Give, think about it just a minute as we as we sing this verse. Let, let let God deal with your heart. Start. And when <laughs> get acquainted, uh, tomorrow morning we'll start, uh, Brother Pearson going to introduce his family and tell us all about his uh, burden for the inner city of Cincinnati, and then Brother Bruce will be uh, taking us a little further down the road, we heard some stuff this morning, I thank the Lord for the, I thank the Lord for the preaching of Milton Martin. How He blessed my heart again this morning. Uh, you' ought to come and enjoy with us those ladies will have some treats for you and it'll, it'll be good. you'll enjoy it. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, Brother Corey will be preaching tomorrow night, right? And somebody's going to introduce. I don't know who, but we'll... I believe Brother Jared Tunnel is going to be the man tomorrow night. So don't miss it. Don't miss this. It's what an opportunity. Get your book. Get your flyer. It's on the table back there. Find out what this Faith Promise Missions is all about. Read, read that little blurb. What is faith, promise, mission giving? Oh, it's going, I, We we had a great day today. It's gonna to be good tomorrow. I wish. You know, I I was sitting there today. I was thinking about wonder what the poor people are doing today. I mean, all the children of God sitting around. Listen to the man of God preach right here on a Thursday. It's a rare opportunity. Don't miss it. If you can help it, you be here. Enjoy it. Take part in. It. Let God deal with you personally about your your opportunity. Wasn't that exciting? See that gypsy preacher that. That gypsy couple, first couple that ever married out of that gypsy camp. That's exciting, isn't it? Just because God's preacher boy got kicked out of Russia. That's how they got there. God can fix it for you, too. Amen. It's a blessing to be here. I love it. It's good to have Brother Robert with us. Sunday school teachers, the pastor of the church down there, godly now. And what and what a job God's doing with him and that church. Brother Robert, would you dismiss us from word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for the opportunity to, to be here this evening, to hear
2: your word preached in such a powerful way. Lord, I just pray that you would be with each of these missionaries that are here with us, evening evening, Lord, we're so thankful for the burden that you've placed on their hearts and for their willingness to surrender and to submit to your will and to go relieve them. Lord, my prayer this evening is that if there's anybody here today that you're placing your hand upon their heart, that they might surrender and they might submit as well. Whether it's to go speak to a neighbor across the street and warn them about this hell that is so real, or whether it's to give the to whether it's to go themselves, Lord, I just pray that you wouldn't let up on them until they submit. Lord, we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's be dismissed with our chorus till the whole world knows. Till the Lord.